And I think our biggest challenge as CIOs back then, and it's even worse now, is paralysis because things are changing so fast. You're like, should I do anything? But you got to. You got to pick the ones you think are going to be around or that add value. If it doesn't add value, I shouldn't be implementing it. Welcome to the Esri and the Science of Wear podcast. I'm Marcella Cavallero from Esri, and I'll be your host for today. You just heard Sharon Stanley, Director of the Information Services Department at Cobb County, Georgia, speak to the challenges and tensions of digital innovation in government. Today, digital innovation in government is fundamental to economic development, infrastructure modernization, and data-driven decision support. Here at Loker, discover the pivotal role of technologies like location intelligence and Cobb County's IT overhaul. So Sharon, thank you so much for taking some time out of your day today to speak with us. Can you tell us three things about Cobb County that everyone needs to know? Our number one economic driver is tourism. And it's because we're so diverse as far as there's a little bit of something for everything. You know, we've got two theme parks, we've got a sports quarter, but we've got three professional teams that actually live in Cobb. Got the soccer team who actually, they play in Atlanta. Their practice facility where they're at every day is in Cobb. And then we've got the men's lacrosse team that plays down in Kennesaw. But it's not just about sports because we have over 160, 70 miles of trails Mm -hmm. um, that go through there between our trails and the Silver Comet trails and the city's trails. You know, we just, um, we will complete in the next couple of years the Chattahoochee all the way down to the Kennesaw Mountain Trail. That then will connect all those trails all the way up from the river all the way down south. So it's very good for big box industries that have come in lately, you know, Home Depot, some of their headquarters. We've got an airport a lot of them fly into. We also are very well known for, and this is kind of strange, but filming movies. We um, actually have created new um, permitting. Besides those is the university system. You know, we've got Kennesaw State University. I started out small, but there's 34,000 students. So the school systems are outstanding. That's what brings a lot of our, I think that's what attracts businesses, because you've got the colleges there, but you also, we've got several of the top schools in the state and mm-hmm. in the nation. What are some of the major investments in technology that you and your leadership has made to be able to do this efficiently and create that place where people want to be? One of our biggest investments over the last several years was with DOT, and they have one of the um, most advanced traffic management systems in the country. And if you ask me, I'd say it's one of the best ones. So they have a traffic management center, which consists of pretty much where, how we control the traffic through the county. So when you started down this path, and, and you mentioned when the economy turned, what were some of the high-level goals and objectives that you wanted to achieve? A flexible infrastructure, adaptable, scalable. I mean, IT has changed so fast lately that um, we wanted to achieve that. That was one thing. And, of course, we are government, so we have to be judicious about our spending for the citizens, of course. So efficiency was one. You know, but I say efficiencies in the way we deliver new services. We did look for ways to either make things better or to do away with redundancies. Another one was to deliver things like self-service. You know, our citizens are constantly on the move and they are really spread out, you know, across the county. So we wanted to be able to deliver all of our services anytime, anywhere, any device. A lot of our services are self-service now, permitting, you know, your property taxes, your court documents, you know, pretty much anything. Um, The other one is probably data-driven decisions to parse our data and actually make true what you call data-driven decisions. I think we've made huge progress in that area. So let's, let's add location mm-hmm. as a more specific component okay. of technology. Okay. So what does location intelligence drive for the economic development of the county? Like Everything in our county, everything we do with the citizens has a location aspect. 
Every department I work with has an allocation aspect, whether it be by district or parcel or our economic development area, because we have them divided into various areas, right? You want to build a restaurant here? Oh, there's all these, these apartments are here. That'd be perfect. You know, this is near where Comcast has their major fiber run through there or where Google's going in next month. So I think it's really been good in bringing in our businesses because they're technology savvy. They want to come to a county where the infrastructure supports it. I would expect if I'm a restaurateur that the burden would be upon me to find the right neighborhood for my clientele. It is, but our economic development department actually has recently made a lot of the zoning and the requests and the data. We really, in the last year and a half, they actually moved our economic development group into our bigger community development group so that we can put more emphasis on it and actually bring businesses in, the kind we want that actually stimulate the economy. Interesting. Like I say, I think zoning, transparency, the requirements, Mm -hmm. permitting, all that stuff, actually pushing the demographic or the knowledge that could help a business not just survive, but thrive. Exactly. If you're pushing that out, that I think is unexpected. We try to be very transparent with our data. That means I need to protect data. If we're getting data, it means I need to protect data. About seven months ago, I went to the board and just because we were were old, we were old technology in certain areas and the infrastructure and said, we got to beef up our security. And they voted in um, about $700,000 for me to put into our cybersecurity platforms. Yeah, and you don't want to lose the trust of your Mm-mm. community. No, I want, I want data for them, but I want to protect what they give us. So how does location intelligence help with the digital transformation of, of your county? All of our departments are very savvy as far as the, the data we have and, 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 and are transforming themselves right? Making themselves more anytime, anyplace, anywhere for citizens. But we wanted to make it work across the departments. So when we want to go look at that data together, I got to find something that's common. And when you look at the tax assessor's data and my 911 CAD data, there's a commonality. Every department we've got in the county uses location-based technologies. Everyone, even down to our medical examiner. I mean, you know, we're mapping where the opioid deaths happen. And our health department, we work very close with the health department. You know, so that data, it's going to allow me to take all that data and associate it. When I use location data and graphically display it, I can find trends so quick. And it's easy for me to sell it because I don't have to teach somebody how to read, you know, access database like I can go in and read. I don't have to teach them how to learn how to do SQL. You know, it's a picture, and they go, whoa, that's, that looks like there's something there. You know, and I go, yeah, it is. I was demoing some of the location stuff to um, our board, and I was just throwing stuff up there, and I was like, so I wonder why that facility has more 911 calls than any the other facilities of its type in the county. Who knows? I mean, but I can find it, and then we can go look at the data behind it and see what the causality is, right? Visually, graphic data is the easiest way, I think, to mesh all that huge volume of data we've got in all of our systems and all of our departments who basically have their own cultures together. Two specific technology trends I think people would recognize are mm-hmm. 3D modeling and, and this notion of digital right. twin. Can you tell us how you're using each of those and what benefits you're seeing? In the last year, probably we started with it in economic development. You know, as I said, we have just, I mean, it has taken off as far as in, you know, housing markets as well as, as businesses coming into the county. And we, we are trying to bring people in. So the 3D modeling and the digital twin have allowed me to take and build. And we, we started in our first area, 
Cumberland is our quickest growing area. You cannot show a big business that's planning to come into Cobb County a flat picture of that and even get the impact of that. It's, it's just a unique area. And what we did first kind of with it is give the commissioner in that district something that when he goes out to talk to businesses, the cities, the municipalities, he can use that model without bringing everybody in and actually show them this is what it looks like. So economic development first. And then interestingly enough, public safety. Public safety is a very big user of spatial data. One of our biggest projects that I'm really excited about is we are dipping our toe into big data. The county, we have got so much data. We've been around 100 you know, years, and that data's there. In fact, so much so that we can't do a lot with some of it. One of those instances which we're actually using that platform for first is with our traffic data, our crash data, our, you know, our um, just roads data. And so we partnered with Waze. We provide data to them. In return, they gave us all the Waze data. I couldn't do anything with it. It's so much. Um, so when we implemented this big data platform about six to eight months ago, I was able to start looking at that data. You know, could we have gotten where we got, you know, knowing what caused our accidents, knowing what, you know, how we can make a good traffic plan with just looking at it and analyzing the data, yeah, three years from now. It's amazing how that can just take data in a big data platform and how quickly it came back. We had some hunches, you know, and we had great data at intersections. We had the data on the rest of the crashes in the county, but who had time? And immediately with them standing it up, we were able to see commonalities and identify, but not just could we identify them, now we're gonna take it and go say, yeah, they're curves. We know curves are kinda, because people go by them too fast and hills, but which ones are worse? Where do we have the most accidents in the last 10 years? You know, where can we put countermeasures in for that? Are you finding that the breadth of service you can provide and the pace of implementation is increasing? Oh yeah. It's, it's like the next new thing rolls out so fast. I told somebody, when I came to this job three and a half years ago, you know, I had a speaking thing I did on a panel and they said, you know, what's the biggest fear? You know, is it spinning too fast? Is it doing this and this because the pace is so fast? I said, no. And I think our biggest challenge as CIOs back then, and it's even worse now, is paralysis because things are changing so fast. You're like, should I do anything? But you got to. You got to pick right. the ones you think are going to be around. Or the add value. If it doesn't add value, I shouldn't be implementing it. When I, when my, one of my first projects when I got here three years ago, three and a half years ago, our current county manager was the community development director. And um, my team was working on automating business licenses. They weren't automated at the time, right? And I was like, eh, we're going to automate them. Great for the citizens, right? But after we had done it, our CFO came to me and says, you just don't know the impact you just had. And I was like, you know, because we brought in the flow to the bank nine months. Well, I don't you know took if, nine months out nine of? Nine months out of the money totally before it got there. before it got there. And I was like, well, that, yeah, that's great. It's efficient. He's like, no, counties run on taxes. Counties have to run until they get taxes. Counties borrow money, and then you have to pay the interest. You borrow short-term money, yeah. and you pay it back with interest. And he's like, we just save four to five hundred, six hundred thousand dollars by bringing that in nine months. That's what I want IT to do. Uh, so, so many leaders point to local government as the place where government works, mm -hmm. and, it, and it seems to be that sweet spot where motivated individuals can go in order to make real impacts on the world. Right. So, talk to me a little bit how you feel about that. I agree with that statement absolutely. I'll tell you why. I live in Cobb County. I love Cobb County. And everything I roll out, I think about how it's affected me, my friends, the seniors in my church. Best job I've ever had in my life. I can have more impact in this job than I've had anywhere else in my entire life. You know, because our IT is centralized. 
And I mean, and when I say that, we're not all in the same building. I'm, I've got them spread out in the departments because I want them to know what they do, right? But um, the impact, and I tell my guys that, but it's not just me. Every one of my staff, you know, members live in Cobb County and have kids in the schools or parents in the seniors program. So everything they do, they do it well. I've been in federal government. I was military 21 years. I um, been in big companies. I was at Sprint. You know, I was at McKesson. Um, could have an impact, but not the kind of impact you can have in local government. I think if you ask a lot of people, they may say, oh, government moves slow. Mm-hmm. It's rooted in the past. Mm-hmm. It's very bureaucratic. It's all yeah. those things. Compare your job at Cobb County mm-hmm. to some of your private sector ones. A, a company has to be judicious because they have to show they make, you know, that their, their net is yep. bigger, right? We have to show we're judicious. We don't make money because of the citizens. I tell you what it does, it makes me have to explain the value of everything I bring. Three years ago, I got with my team and I said, here's what I want. Everything you do is gonna be, it's a mindset change. You're an enabler. Everything you do, I want you to tell me either, how does it bring in more money for the county? Does it make it more efficient for our users who are the agencies and departments so they can take those short staffs they already have and let them take those people and actually spend their time on the services they're providing citizens? Or is it something cool that the citizens are, it's a new thing for them and it's going to provide value? Tell me one of those three things or don't tell me. Don't come in and tell me I delivered this many lines of code. Don't tell me I rolled out nine projects on time you know, and on budget. So if you could pinpoint one area where data-driven decision-making has made the most profound impact, where would that be? I'd say probably our public safety department. So that's where we started building the dashboards and we started collecting the data and looking and analyzing it. It's had an impact in several areas. I'll just give you one in the fire department. And we built for them a dashboard, basically, where they could see their real-time fire reports coming in, right? But on the right-hand side, because you know how that works on the dashboards, you had all the fire stations with every fire truck identified, every vehicle identified, every type, and you saw them move. And you could tell when an area was getting where they weren't covered by anybody because everybody was pulled out. And so they could actually move their trucks around, right? And, and if it happened a lot, they could actually change the way they supported the departments and the staffing. That was one way I got commissioner support for one of the things we wanted to do, right? That's a pretty impressive thing when you see a call come in and you see the truck, you know, the little dot truck leave the station, you know, and then you see the little alert turns red that this area is not covered anymore because there's not a second truck within a certain, mm-hmm. you know, number of miles. Did something similar with police on a different platform where basically they could see their response times and they could see and go and look and say, that's not the longest distance. Why is that response time different? Don't we not have enough officers there? And it helped them do that. So you mentioned a couple of times you've been there three and a half years. What mm-hmm. are you most looking forward to in the next three and a half years? Oh, wow. We've got, we've got so many things we've got in the pipeline. We are still on some old infrastructure. We've updated some of it. We've got a new data center we're going to build in the next two years. I'm extremely excited about that. It'll be the springboard for where we go in 10 years. I'm really excited about the citizen engagement and the um, digital government. I mean, what we're doing with public safety, you know, to make their jobs easier, but also not just their jobs, but their interaction with citizens. Our new chief of police is very open, very citizen-concerned. You know, he wants them to know what he's doing, and he wants his police officers to know they're there to support the citizen. But he also wants them protected. 
And so we're doing a lot with them with dashboarding, with a citizen dashboard he's going to be putting out and let them see some of the stats. The county's growing. Our demographics are changing. We want to keep the millennials. I don't want to see those Kennesaw State University students that I interned and built, you know, some of my coolest things that I'm putting out go somewhere else to get a job. I want to see what IT can do for that. You know, what can we do there? In the same light, though, in five years, one in three people will be over 55 in Cobb County because we're a great place to retire. There'll be the, or the baby boomers, the me's, right? Mm -hmm. They're still, they're retiring early. I'm going to live the rest of my life out here because I love the sports. I love entertainment. I love being able to go see concerts in Atlanta. You know, so we got a, a varied population. I'm excited about that. Yeah, thank you so much for sharing your time with us and for, for agreeing to chat. And hopefully we can have you back. Enjoy it. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Esri and the Science of Wear podcast. And thanks to Sharon Stanley for sharing lessons and insights about digital transformation and local government. To learn more, download our free ebooks, Making Sense of Digital Transformation at esri.com forward slash wear, Making the Most of the Internet of Things at esri.com forward slash IoT, and Putting AI and Location Intelligence to Work at esri.com forward slash AI.